front. Hello? He ain't got a number, and wait a minute, people here. For the I official, sent him the phone number. Uh, Are we live? I know. Are Not, we on right now? Yeah, we're on right now in here. Here's the intro. Yeah, where the, <laughs> where's the introduction, Steve? It's our pleasure to welcome you to your friendly drive-in theater. For the information of those who are attending the drive-in for the first time, the following hints will make you feel at home and add to your enjoyment. Firstly, if you've not already done so, remove the speaker from the stand and place it in your car. Secondly, adjust the volume control to suit your requirements. Right for loud, left for soft. We must issue this warning. No attempt should be made to disconnect the speaker. To do so, we'll immediately register a red light in our control room. Our ultra-modern snack bar is now open and ready to serve you. How about fresh fillets of fish with chips and salad? Tender steak with eggs, chips and salad. A big cup of hot chips or fish and chips. Thick, crunchy hamburger. Thick, crunchy hamburger. Hello, everybody. George will call in in a second. But, yeah, this is an interesting year because it's golly old Palooza month. And, uh... Hey, crunchy hamburgers. Yeah, yeah. Where the hell did you find that? On YouTube. Okay. Hello, who's the other two that's called in? It's just, it's a Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Dr. Weirdo. Happy birthday Hey. Hey, Nabby, buddy. It's me, Nabby. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Right. <laughs> what kind of trouble you can do tonight? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh, All right, yeah, talk for a, God's sake. Do something. This is an interesting. <laughs> this is an interesting year because yours are going all yellows. This was enough. Well, this is the second time he's shown clothes, I think. I mean, you did show blue eyes and a broken doll one year. Yeah, yeah, that's Spanish, though. I mean, it, it is a giallo in that sense, but it's a Spanish, so it's not. We're sticking with the genuine Italian. This is definitely Italian. Italian, yeah. yeah. But yeah, blue right. eyes broke his all. That that does uh, that is a Spanish knockoff of that Italian genre. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. All right, is this an obscene phone call or are we doing a show? What is this? I hear We're breathing. doing a show. Okay, yeah. then talk. Okay. Well, the <laughs> film on Friday is Torso. Entering the mind of the psychosexual. Undone. <laughs> what? 
Is it? Okay, hold on a second here. I am. I'm no longer. It it's a Brady bunch, evidently, Marsha. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're showing Torso on Friday. Exactly. Good stuff. All right. <laughs> I don't think you we, we get introduced, or we, have we been introduced? Cause... Well, no, we're not going to get introduced because he had an edible oh, before he went on. He's high. George. He had a, a, a volume. What do you have? <laughs> I don't know. He's on yeah. some kind of drugs. Yeah, that's because it's his birthday. Oh my God, my agent didn't sign me up for this. Really, um, <laughs> is Josh is Josh around or what? I might be. Hi, Josh. How are you? What's up? The voice of reasoning and stability, Josh. Hi, Josh. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I mean, really, I was, uh, they was wanting to check me into the hospital and drink fluid off my stomach this weekend. But thanks to all the COVID idiots in Tennessee, every bed in that hospital was full, even the ER. Yep. It's a problem all over the United States. People are refusing to be vaccinated, and they are taking up spaces in hospitals that uh, emergency patients need. So here's your PSA, folks. Get vaccinated because you may think it's your choice to not be vaccinated, but your lack of vaccination is affecting the healthcare industry and other people. I have a friend in Florida whose, whose aunt went into the hospital last week, and she was in critical condition, and there was no bed for her. So... Your choice is yeah, not about you. It's about everybody else. Why, all these, why the drive-in Monsterama is going to be sold out, and that's because you can go out and enjoy movies without having to deal <clears throat> with people. Well, you keep your car. Yeah. That only counts if they stay in the car away from you. <laughs> well... Bring your taser because exactly. if anyone comes to tell you without a mask or something, just tase them, damn it. Right. Anyway, can we let's move forward? <laughs> now that we've done our COVID, now that we've done our COVID PSA, <laughs> let's 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 move but yeah, forward. Yeah, I mean, to- only one that I really have I don't like yeah, the first night is probably lizard in a woman's skin. Okay. And that's because of how the ending is. Yep. Well, why don't you ruin it? Why don't you tell everybody the ending I of every movie that they can stay it. home for the weekend, just, all right? Uh, <laughs> what, what about listening to the movie? What's wrong with it? The, just the way it wraps itself up, I'm just like, that's it? <laughs> Okay, well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> we can talk about Fulci almost going to jail for killing dogs in the Okay, in that's fine. Let's not, let's yeah, we not can talk give about away that. the ending of the movies. The point is Hello. that we are showing the movies for enjoyment. We We're not showing the movies. Here. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. All right, guys. I'm back. Sorry. I, uh, yeah, my wife and I burst through the door just when the show was about to start, and we both really had to use the bathroom. We just wanted to sing happy birthday to Steven, but uh, but I'm back now. She's got to go do homework. So uh, what are we talking about tonight? What do we got? 
What's on the menu? Well, apparently Stephen has consumed some sort of drugs this evening, and he's acting no. far more erratic than he's ever acted in previous shows. Exactly. Really? Well, yeah. I might, I might, I'm, I, I might be able to, I might be able to tether us. I mean, I've only uh, had a couple beers, a few shots of whiskey, uh, smoked some marijuana, and ate some mushrooms. So I'll, I, I, I can probably keep us. I can probably keep a stand yeah. at Earth tonight. Are you going yeah. to be making yeah. it this year, Josh? <laughs> I'm, I'm planning on it. I'm planning on going Saturday, hopefully. Hey, I can't hear him. Stop with the sound effects. Thank you. What'd you uh, say, I'm planning, Josh? On going on, I'm planning on going on Saturday just because I love Bird with a Crystal Plumage. Awesome. We'll be happy to see you. Do you want a T-shirt? I mean, I no because they don't come up to my size. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're, we, I don't know what you're wearing, and I don't want to talk about that. But the large sizes are selling out. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I need to wear one of the banners for a shirt. That's the only way. Ah, uh, yeah. And aren't you going to have a guest Friday? No, we are not. Oh, you mean she canceled? Gee, a month ago, Steve, where have you been? The Twilight Zone? <laughs> I didn't know that. Camille Keaton had to cancel her appearance because she yeah. had some 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 personal stuff going on. I don't want to talk about it online. It's nothing uh yeah. nothing serious or anything, but she she had had some medical issues and she had to cancel. So, she will not be joining us on Friday night. In a way, it was yeah, kind of bummer that I seen her and I spit on your grave before I seen Solange because once I see it read before that she played Solange, I was like seeing her all through the movie. And that's one of the fun parts of uh, Solange is uh, looking at all the places where they hide Camille Keaton before they introduce their character in the movie. Right, right, right. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the, the choice we the Friday night the the way the weekend r- runs with these films is that you know we the movies got sort of put in a place where they uh, where they ended up because we wanted a certain flow for each night and we were kicking off with, with the intent to have her there. Uh, uh, that Solange was the first film, and then we wanted a staple film that had been requested a lot in the second position on Friday night, and that was Torso. So that's the first two strong films. And then the third film, uh, we wanted a Fulci, so George picked uh, a Woman in a Lizard Skin. And uh, it's a little bit offbeat and unusual, but it's a great, it's a fantastic movie, and seeing it on the big screen will be something people enjoy. And, of course, uh, rounding out the end of the night is uh, The Cat Nine Tales, which is a Dario Argento film, and that flows directly into Saturday, Saturday kicks off with Deep Red and um, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, with our, which are two very popular classic Argento films. And Sam Panico, that's uh, on uh, with Bill during the, um, they do the uh, weekly show, the uh, Groovy Doom um, live show on Saturday nights on Facebook. Uh, he had actually said he was interested in seeing Mario Bava's classic, Blood and Black Lace, and that fell into that spot. And then because we love you and you always call it the shit hour or whatever you call it, the shit slot, then the obscure film 
my what is it? My my heart is a locked. My heart is a vice. Your and only vice you is a locked key. door, and only I have the key. <laughs> I, I can never yeah, say that. that. Sergio uh, Martino. There is no shit out of real. I mean, at yeah. this show because. <laughs> well, the thing I is, the thing is, we have to show four movies, and it's just like. What do you show less? What do you show first? And exactly, exactly. You know, it was, it was I saw super hard one to person pick. thinking that the Friday lineup was was Gonzo. You know, like going through all that and then watching Cat and Nine Tails. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, uh, the the reason for showing Vice is that that has that is really popular among fans. Yep, absolutely. And, 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 and the thing about it is, you got to realize something with the, with the Jalos. Like we were trying to pick ones that were more horror-oriented, because some of them are just, you know, more or less straight murder mystery thrillers with, you know, uh, embezzlements and, 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 and uh, people conning. and, and Blackmail. Blackmail, you know, and, you yeah. know, that's all, but we, we wanted to pick the ones that were more horrific for this first attempt at a whole weekend of these movies. And Vice is uh, basically, well, first of all, also has a Weege Fennec, which who's, like, considered the queen of the genre, so we, we have to get one thing in there with her. And uh, and it's based on um, the Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, so the horror overtones are definitely uh, strong in Present. that film. Yep, yep. Yeah, I can't really think of a bad one that you programmed this weekend. Good. No, and, uh, like, we had our choice, you know. The, 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 a lot of these were made available, and that was really a lot of picking and choosing. Uh, the reason to show the three Argentos during the weekend is just because they were, they're, like I said, they were made available, and we wanted to go in with a bang, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, with this event, I, this is so, like we're always trying to reinvent it uh, going forward because you know I, I I see I see there's a lot of driving events more than ever of this type all over the place. And you know, and I see, I, I just have, I just see, in, in my view, I see a lot of repetition, in in, in as far as movies being shown. I, I'm trying to like go forward and show things that right. They're recycling movies. They're just taking the same old yeah. films and, and mixing them up. I'm not saying we've shown, yeah. I'm not saying we've shown stuff that hasn't been shown before, but there's a lot that we've that we're showing this weekend that hasn't been shown really in a yeah. long time on a drive. And I don't even know if some of them have played. Like, I don't know if your vice is a locked door has ever played on a driving screen because it didn't, when it first came out in the early 70s, it didn't get, a, I don't think it got a U.S. theatrical play. So right. it could be a first at a driving for all I know, you know. Well, same Stop. with uh, Solange. What about it? I don't remember it getting a ma- a big theatrical release. It's actually over it here. actually it got a theatrical release, but it went it went into some crazy titles. It was also we like retitled the Robert Girls and the School That Couldn't Scream, <laughs> and AIP actually had a, a hand in the distribution of it. And, you know, I think it might have been under their whole, the Hallmark uh, subsidiary, right. but 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 right. AIP did have a hand in that distribution. I don't know why. It didn't get a, a bigger campaign, and the the one the one where they they pass it off as the Rawa Girls makes it look more like a cheerleader film than a, than a horror or a thriller. Sure, so sure. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking. It's one of those movies where, um, you know, definitely wasn't it wasn't marketed right in the states. Speaking of uh, AIP, they also put out Lizard in a Woman's Skin, largely yep. as uh, schizoid. 
Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah. With the bat on the the poster yeah. had a bat on it. <laughs> yeah, no, and the example. Well, I don't know. They're good. No, they just there are bat, there is a bat scene in the movie. Yeah, but, but it, not, it, it, not like that. Yeah. But again, that's another one that you know the horror the horror uh, the horror value of that as a giallo is uh has been upped. You know, it, it's got a lot of horror type uh, characteristics, and the and the scene you're talking about with the dogs right. that have been. Um, like uh, they're being, being, they're doing these these like uh, electric experiments on these dogs, and that's like you said, Fulci was uh, brought to court because they look so real. Those are special effects by Carlo Rambaldi. Rambaldi, yeah. You know that's. that's I mean, I hate animals. Funny. I hate like the thought of animals getting killed. But now that I see it, it looks. I mean, it, it does look pretty pretty shocking, and I can see why people thought it was real at the time. Well, they were electrocuting them. Like I'm that. sure it was. Josh, yeah, did but, you have a you question? Know. No, Sorry, no. Okay, go ahead, George. I'm sorry. No, I just uh, I, it's one of those scenes. Even though I usually hate that kind of stuff, but I look at it more uh, as a uh, cartoonish type scene now, but a but a gory cartoonish type scene. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing that on the big screen. That that scene. I think a lot of his stuff is yeah. kind of cartoony gorish, though. So yeah. you know, it's it, you 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 have to suspend your disbelief of it being. You know, a possible actual murder because it's so over the top with the way it's presented. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that it is uh, prosthetic, but just the fact that the Italian court thought it was real and Carlo Rambaldi bring the actual prop, uh, props to the court keeps Fulci from going to jail. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was very nice of him. <laughs> well, he didn't want to go to jail, so or he didn't want Fulci to go to jail. <laughs> but yeah, that was the. Uh... And I think it's cool that you're showing two out of uh, Argento's original Animal trilogy. But I know how yeah. hard it is to get a copy of uh, Four Flies on Gray Velvet. Yeah, somebody asked that, like, why aren't you showing? I'm like, is because it's not it's not made available right now. It's just you know. No. Uh-uh. It's not, it was um, it wasn't available in a really a really nice uh, rest, restored copy on DVD for the longest time as well. I mean, when it finally came out on DVD, it was kind of a big deal. I think yeah, there's no lot, U.S. Blu-ray right now. The Blu-rays that yeah, the Blu-rays that came out in the uh, yeah in the U.K. and elsewhere are you know they're okay, but everybody's re- really waiting for that to be restored properly. I remember back in the 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 80s and possibly early 90s when used to show up in the in, in the theaters in the city, like in the revival circuit, and they used to all they all Paramount had was a sixteen millimeter print at the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so terrible. But yeah, we love to show that, yeah. Yeah. And it was big on the gray market too, which means that it was impossible to get <laughs> Yeah. Well Paramount was very uh they were very sitting on a lot of their catalog for a lot of time. It, it's more. It's it's only been in recent years that they've uh, let a lot of things out of the vault and let you know uh, other companies sub license <laughs> their 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 more cult titles that haven't been released. So you, Paramount has actually made a lot of headway with getting stuff. Really, people are still waiting for uh, Blood and uh, Blood and Roses, and it's another one. Where, yeah, uh, absolutely. What yeah. the hell is yeah. up with that? Yeah. 
Why is that still sitting around? Not it, really. It could be. Uh, it could be film elements. It could be rights issues. <clears throat> you know, I because of the European. I I'm not sure. Yet. I'm not like I'm not 100 percent sure. There's other people that probably. The uh, last time that I seen a VHS or a copy of Blood and Roses, it was put out in uh, MGM's uh, movie time catalog. So it might be caught up in that. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't MGM. It was the Paramount uh, release it themselves, and it, it was like one of those. Um, they had it on a six-hour EP speed. Yeah, yeah, they did. But you know, scan. yeah, it was on. It was the the best copy I got of it. I think I recorded it off of um, MGM's HD channel back in the day. I think my. I think I have a copy that came off of that for some reason. That it ran on there. That was the copy that I got. It, it, I remember seeing that movie on the CBS late night movie, and I was I was just blown away by it. Um, it's it's an amazing film. It'd be a spectacular movie for for the driving for Monsterama, but it's just not available anywhere at all. Not in any format that would be possible to show. Yeah. So. Think of the trouble that Peter Bogdanovich is having trying. He's been trying to get the rights back to Target for forever in the day, but Paramount doesn't want to let it go. Well, it was uh, it was supposed to come out in England from I think the BFI, and uh, it got delayed. So I don't know I don't know what's what's going on with that. But yeah, that is another one that took forever to get a, some kind of home video release. Yep. But it did get a DVD release and. Um, I think I have the DVD. Like I said, a UK release is, is supposed to be coming, but it, it it was delayed, so I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, but, here we are. But, yeah, yes. it's going to be a good time this weekend. I mean, they're really, like I said before, I said again, you really didn't pick a bad film. Is Deep Red going to be the two-hour cut of it? Or yes, the it is. US? Oh, good. No, the two-hour cut, yeah. Which might drive some people crazy. It might make you know people, uh, you know, they always have their preference. But uh, yeah, we 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 wanted to show though. I I was I was on the fence about you know, maybe not showing the longer version, but you know, well, I think it's, it's the, the first movie of the evening too. So it, you know, I, it, there have been movies that have been shown that are close to two hours. So I don't think it's that big of a deal really. It's and it's the first film of the evening again. So. Yeah, that's a good thing. And the weekend looks spectacular weather-wise. It's it's looking to be probably one of the best September forecasts we've ever had um, in the 80s during the day and in the 60s at night, which is absolutely perfect. Yeah, no cold evenings this time around, which is (laughs) unusual because it seemed like that weekend always was freezing, even though it was warm the rest of the month. Interesting. Gene, shut up. Oh, Josh, it's only good witchcraft. <laughs> it's never bad witchcraft. If it is, I have yeah, to give up Josh, great things I that I remember love. Josh always at the drive-in with two blankets on, talking about, oh, it's so cold. <laughs> well, he wasn't eating funnel cakes till 4 o'clock in the morning like you were to keep warm, so there you go. <laughs> April was always colder than September, though. Oh, absolutely. There were, there were back in the early days of Monsterama, 
in the long, long ago, there were actually, and George and I were talking about this a couple of days ago, there were actually some extremely hot and humid monsteramas back in the beginning that were, you know, it was like you rolled the window down and either put up with the humidity or you rolled the window up and ran the air conditioner, you know, and it was just, there were some hot ones. There were definitely some hot shows in September. I can't remember specifically which ones, but they were hot, I remember. And it's it's really rough to actually watch a movie in a drive-in when it's humid because no matter what you do, the window gets fogged up. Whether you have the window down or whether you're running the air conditioner, you still get a lot of condensation. So, you know, a dry, cool evening is actually what's perfect, and that's what this is looking to be. So it should it should be very good. So we're real happy about that. You know? That's why I, I always like... I always like to sit near the snack shack. Why is that? As I don't know. I just always like that. Because it's warmer <laughs> from the, from the no, oven. No, I just like that thing. rocking chair myself. Yes, I know you did. <laughs> about 2 o'clock in the morning, people would be slowly falling asleep and they look out their car windows and this loom, this figure would loom as it crossed the moors and it was wearing a sheet and carrying a funnel cake and I said, that's Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> He'll share it so, with you if you let him in your warm car, but he farts, so don't. <laughs> anyway. So oh, the thing oh, about, talking about farting before we get back to the movies, let's talk a little bit about the food for the weekend. And uh, they're, do- they're doing a great job this time around. Again, we're going to have all the, the regular classics from the uh, snack bar, including uh, the usual fall favorites, which is halouski and vegetable beef soup and uh, chili and um, cheddar broccoli soup and Nashville hot chicken and uh, funnel cakes. So, you know, get ready to eat some great food this weekend, the Riverside has some of the, I wouldn't say some of the best, has the best snack food. Um, you know, you go to different drive-ins and you just don't get the amount of quality that you get at the Riverside. They do a great job. They have a great yeah. staff. And it's believe me, these shows are busy and the staff does a great job. So, you know, thumbs up to the Riverside. They've, they've been, they're spectacular folks. So that's a great thing, you know. So... <laughs> Come out and support the drive-in, buy food, help those guys out. It's what drives the business, and get some good snacks and enjoy the movies. So that's what's happening food-wise for this upcoming weekend. Good stuff. Can you guys take? Uh, can you let us know what the background's going to be for the group picture? Uh, we're not doing a group picture because of COVID. So until this whole COVID thing gets, until this whole COVID thing gets wrapped up, we're not doing any. Group photos so we are not we can't do them i mean it's there's I've explained, this, I've explained this in person a number of times i really haven't talked about it much but you know if 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 for some reason someone were to get covid the last thing i would need on the internet is a picture of 200 people standing next to one another in front of a screen so we're it's not that's not something we can no, do I, but, listen, we are going to do photo ops, and the photo ops are going to be a masked killer, which will, the, the photos will be uh, 
somebody off screen with a black glove and a knife, and that's all you're going to see is their arm, and then the people will react to it screaming. That's what's that's going to be the photo op for the weekend. So we'll have somebody as the killer walking around, and we'll be taking those pictures and putting them up on Facebook during the show. So that's that's going to happen. Um, we have a wonderful raffle basket, which George can tell you about here in a second, that he put together featuring Italian horror films as well as uh, Jalia stuff. That basket is and we have T-shirts, which are still available. Some of the sizes are getting low, so if anyone's listening to this, please consider buying them online and reserving because we're not going to get a replenishment order before the end of the especially week. Especially if you're, uh, <clears throat> yeah, especially if you're not a petite person. Exactly. And also the tickets have been on sale for a couple of weeks, and I highly suggest pre-purchase of the tickets. It, not even for the question of selling out, but the question that it's much more convenient to come and park and then go up, you know, and, and, and get your wristband rather than having to pull into a line and sit there in a long line and the lines do get long to get in. And, the, you know, that way you don't get the, the space you want. This way you can come earlier and get the space you want if you've already purchased. So that's a that's a good thing as well. So consider the pre-purchase on the shirts and the tickets. George, you want to talk about the so, basket? So just really quick, we're not able to walk over and pay like before? Absolutely you will. Why wouldn't you be able to? Uh, I didn't know. You were saying about waiting in line in cars. I didn't know. Well, people wait, in line, people wait in line to get in there. If, you're already, if you already have prepaid for the ticket, you know, you, you know, you're already taken care of and everything, you can just come in and park, and then they'll do the cattle call. Which is what they do, you know. So, you know, yeah. otherwise. Well, Josh oh, okay. never buys tickets. I mean, I'm always going up. Josh waits for me to go, <clears throat> waiting for me to go up, and he's like, "Hey, Steve, since you're going up," and I'm like, "Oh God." Yeah, there there'll be tickets available, even if it sells out online. <laughs> there's still tickets available at for the night because the way, <clears throat> the way she she does the tickets online, she leaves room for people to to drive up to be able to come in as well. It's a complicated process. I don't want to get into it, but it works <laughs> out for everybody. So we, we were sold out for April and for last uh, September, but there were still spaces that are available for people that are driving in, but they're just limited as compared to buying the tickets in advance. And, you know, I never – I, I always buy my tickets in advance for anything that I go to because I just like the ability to be able to not worry about it and, you know, walk yeah. up and, you know, show them the thing or whatever and just go in and stuff rather than having to wait in a line with 15 or 20 cars, you know, being processed one by one. So it's just easier that way. Yeah. It's a convenience thing. We like convenience. George, you there? I am here. All right. How you about were talking that? about the uh, the baskets. Well, as yeah, you know, we always, we've been doing a basket raffle <laughs> for the last uh, two years, and sometimes we do two baskets, but we've been doing one because one is the, you know we can put a lot of stuff in it, and it's uh, going to be auctioned off Saturday night. That's how it works. Friday and Saturday, we're going to be set up uh, at a table. Gene, uh, my wife Crystal, and I, and probably Guy, a <clears throat> friend of ours going to be helping out. So you could say hello to us. And like I said, we'll have the, the raffle basket, which is, um, uh, we have pictures of it on the commu- on the community page, but you get a better, but it's basically like Gene said, it's Italian horror. 
uh, a mix of Italian horror and and specifically little giallo uh, items. Uh, but uh, some, one of some of the bigger items is, is a rubber mask of the, the 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 poster zombie from Fulci Zombie, and there's a bust of the House by the Cemetery, Dr. Freudstein, and a bust of the uh, the. The, the one of the main zombies from uh, kind of uh, zombie holocaust. And I think it came out good. I think uh, the baskets, like I said, everybody loves uh, taking a chance and and uh, buying tickets for that. And then we get, it's a nice photo op, and uh, it's just a tradition that that Absolutely. we started a few years ago. And I, I put a lot of effort into it. I, like I said, I uh, you know people don't just give us stuff. I mean, Gene and I have been doing the show for years. There have been a lot of people that. Um, they're very uh, devoted and, and, and help us out with a lot of things with plugging the show and and I could I could I could I can name a dozen right now but maybe we'll do that later but I'm just saying it's like I I I you know I go out and I pick buy stuff uh, by my you know what I think will look nice for display and you know I'm I'm talking about like eBay and and and, and shops that yeah, sell you really, kind of thing. You're yeah. a treasure hunter. You really well, are. Well, the, the I mean, mask, the mask, the buster from crazy. Sugar Treat Studios, and uh, you know, I and there was a lot, a lot of the, there's not a lot of Jalo items out there except for like movies and posters. But I wanted, I wanted some like unusual things. So we got like yeah. a Jalo patch. There's an Edwidge Fennec like uh, little picture in a old-fashioned frame. That's uh, an Etsy. Uh, somebody makes them on Etsy. Little things like that. There's a pin from Torso. With the title three times. So, like I said, if you go to the community page, we we have pictures of all that stuff and right. we list the contents right. of the basket. Right. But like I said, that's gonna Friday and Saturday we're gonna be uh, selling the tickets, and then Saturday night before the first movie, um, we will announce a winner. And we we're supposed to have a couple of runner-up prizes too. So. Yep. George, you went you this basket that you did for this. This is probably your best fucking basket you ever done. I'm yeah, I mean, you know, I appreciate that because I never fun. know. You know, it's like I don't, I don't know what to. It's like it's like a painting because you just get stuff and you like. I have some kind of a vision of what it's going to have, and I don't know how it's all going to come together. But like, I, the more I do, the more they they you know. Right. They get the, the April one and was a huge hit. Yeah, the April one was was was, was that that went over so well. So I appreciate that. And I don't I really, know. Um, if, I don't know the people who know Trick or Treat Studios, but that's that's like high end stuff too. So, Some of it is. I, mean, I, I wouldn't buy. I, I agree with you 99% except for I bought the replica of the 1978 Halloween Jack O' Lantern and it's absolute garbage. It is one of the cheapest really? pieces of shit. I've, they're horrible. They, they <laughs> looks like it looks like they gave blind people exacto knives and said cut out the eyes and the mouth. <laughs> There's like jagged plastic edges all over the whole inside of the thing. The plastic is too clear. The light comes through. Now on the second Halloween, and I think they did one for number four, if I'm correct. I don't know. Um, those, the plastic is actually thicker and better, and the light doesn't come through it. But I was, I got this in the, like, I didn't buy it initially when it came out a number of years ago. And then this past summer, I was going through different collectible things that I, you know, I've skipped over and was trying to, you know, 
buy some stuff here and there, and that was one of the items I never bought. And when I got it in the mail, I actually thought that the people that sent it that I bought it off of made a fake one, you know. And I talked to Bob at Time Palm Toys, and I said, did they really look like this? And Bob's like, yeah, they, were, they weren't the best item that, 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 that the trick-or-treat produced. And then when I was at his store, I compared the newer ones. They look better than the original. But now in terms of other merchandise from that company, um, I guess the masks are good, like you've noted. Um, the Halloween decorations that they're doing for the different movies, which Bob carries, and by the way, Bob from Time Bomb Toys will be there again, selling uh, outside uh, to the uh, left of the concession uh, stand as well. And uh, also on the inside, while we're plugging our vendors, will also be Ron Adams and Creepy Classics with uh, a ton of T-shirts for purchase and magazines and Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff. So oh, they're there and, uh, every year. Julius will be there. Always fun with those guys, huh? Orange Julius will be set up there, too. Orange Julius. <laughs> what? Hey, wait, hold on. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They, 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 don't, they said they went out of business years ago. So They're all wearing Got orange that. jerseys, not orange Julius. Drum roll. Yeah. Anyway. You can't have orange Julius unless it was H.G. Lewis night. But then you well, have anyway, to serve fried chicken, too. Bob will be back with Time Bomb, and so will Ron and the boys from... from uh, <laughs> from uh, Creepy Classics. So you guys will look forward to seeing them again. They're a part of the family, and it's great having them every year. So Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. So we're looking forward to that. I Any think other the questions? One, yeah, the one that I'm going to miss the most seeing on the big screen that I'm jealous that you're showing is Blood and Black Lace. I've yes. always loved that one. I just wish that they would have done a duck. I just wish they would have done a dub with Cameron Mitchell's real voice. Well, I mean, considering the time the film was yeah. made and, and the logistics that went into the film, I mean, yeah. it just, you know, look at Barbara Steele back at that time. You know, Barbara Steele was pretty much exclusively doing Italian horror films, and even when she was speaking English, it wasn't her voice. I mean, it was just, they were paying for a body to be there. They had their own English voice actors that were, you know, already on payroll, and those are the people that ended up doing the dubbing. It was just the way it was. It's awkward. And I think that happened with Christopher Lee. Did it, George, where he had... He, yeah, what, what, happened was, what happens was... What happens is, and, and like, I have to tell people this, uh, but this is probably common knowledge to us, but a lot of these Italian horror films back then, they were shot, you know, with, without sound, without live sound. That's another thing, dubbed. right. Yeah, so, but, but but you'll see that a majority of the actors are speaking in English, I guess, because English was the international language. Now, sometimes, like like Stephen said, Phil, uh, Cameron Mitchell did not dub his own voice. And no. I, I, is it, was it Paul Freese that dubs his voice? I know Paul Freese does voices for the American version of that movie. Yeah. But I can't remember if it was him or not. But you're like you said, yeah, he didn't. Uh, Christopher Lee did a number of movies in Italy. Where right. he was redubbed, but 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 he said he did come back and loop a lot of the ones, like for example, Castle of the Living Dead. He 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 did uh, he, he did his voice, and um, Terror in the Crypt. He did his voice, but then there's ones like um, the Virgin of Nuremberg where he doesn't. And uh, yes, Count yeah, Dracula and, too, right? 
Well, Count Dracula. Did he do his is, voice uh, on Count Dracula? Yeah, Count Dracula. Absolutely. Uh, all the main actors did. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, the <clears throat> the primary actors. Yeah. Right. But um. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's 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 it just shows how the uh, the it, when you look at these shows, they're all almost all of them have American English lead actors because they they wanted to. Uh, you know, have worldwide appeal and, and I guess appeal to the American market. Right. I mean, I mean, that was a, that was a, that was yeah. a uh, given with, 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 uh, Dario Argento. Well, they you know, got doubled up a lot with other movies too, as well. So it was always a yeah. surefire success story with these films because, you know, they were, they were paired up with other movies that were English speaking completely in English produced. So, you know, I doubt audiences were that smart back then to figure this kind of stuff out. I mean, you, I think a lot of them went to see these movies with the intent to be scared or just to make out. You know, they weren't concerned about plots or if the poster reflected the story that was actually being told on the big screen. It was a different kind of marketing back then. Yeah. A very scandalous marketing because a lot of different, you know, it. It was like the this is a I think George will agree with this and I've never made this comparison but I will tonight I think distributing was like the wild west back then you know there really weren't yeah. a lot of rules and structure and people just sort of the movies got out there and distributors picked it up I know it happened with Night of the Living Dead and they just ended up in all kinds of markets with different Ooh. names and different ad campaigns that had nothing to do with nothing to do with the film you know and there just wasn't that structure. Once you made the movie and you got it out there, as a film producer and director, you didn't have a lot of control over what the distributors right. were going to do, you know? But I well, like what Argento saw it with The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, whereas he, 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 he had this trend of, you know, the animal in the title, but right. these long, right. outrageous titles uh, that really didn't make any sense, in, in, you know, no, to the no. grand scheme of things. Like Bird with the Crystal Pool, it's like it's, you know, it's 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 a component of the movie, but it's just a great, you know, the Cat and Nine, it's just these titles that, that you know, it's not, they're not like specific, like a lot of the, like, you know, like say the American or the British movies, when they would be released to the drive-in, they wanted like the house to drip blood or... Sure, They, they wanted sure. very specific, like, the you know, like... uh you know, scream this, die this, horror this. You know, those jalos they had, and I'm I'm surprised that the Americans, you know, distributed them largely with the with the original translated titles. Well, you know, in Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, and we we've encountered this. I want to talk about this for a few minutes. We've encountered a number of people saying, you know, I don't know the names of these movies. I don't know any of these movies. Well, you know. I hate hearing that from anybody, especially that someone's a horror fan, because part of the whole fun of being in this whole this whole hobby or genre interests of interest is that you explore different things and try different things. And Bird with the Crystal Plumage, if you're a fan of Hitchcock or De Palma stuff, this is this film is absolutely the same style and the same elements. It starts out with a gentleman who witnesses a grisly murder inside the window of a store and is unable to do anything about it. And the whole story unfolds from that point. And again, it's, it's very Hitchcock. It's very De Palma where 
you have this setting that, you know, you would never expect to have a murder happen in. And not only does this murder take place, but it's so out of control for you as the viewer, you're unable to do anything as well as the character in the film. And I always felt that Argento's movies, and Hitchcock, of course, that's what was appealing to me about these films. And it's just like a good, George was saying, it's a good mystery. A lot of these films, these films are murder mysteries. They're sort of, uh, I don't know, police stories, really. I mean, isn't that what they are? Detective stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're horror-oriented, but they're a whole different genre in itself is what they are. And, and they're fascinating and they're a lot of fun to watch. And the fact that they're European means that they're, they don't have the restraints that American producers and directors and audiences have. When you look at Euro horror and you look at these films in particular, you can clearly see, you know, for a minute, in a second they were produced in the United States. I think so much of the American stuff, even film noir and everything that was, uh, you know, out here you know, back in the 30s, 40s, whatever, it had very conventional, very stationary uh, stereotypical sort of things that happen, you know what I mean, over and over again. You kind of knew where you were going. These movies that were produced in Italy and Spain, they're so far out there, you feel at points like someone has dosed you with acid or something. I mean, they just get really weird visually and, and with the writing, and, and that, that's part of the attraction of these films, for me anyway, you know, is, is that is, is the... Uh, you know, the non-stereotypical presentation of the story and, and the way it unfolds. And I'll tell you what, after I saw my first years ago, I think in the 90s, I mean, I don't even know when I saw my first one. George, you have to think about this when I'm done. Tell me what you think. I, I don't even know what was the first one I saw, Jalio, but, I mean, I was addicted to them. Like, as they were coming out from Media Blasters and the other companies, I was buying them up like crazy in the early 2000s. Because I couldn't get enough of these films. I just wanted to watch them and watch them and watch them, you know. And and it was hard moving on after I was done with all of them because it didn't, they weren't like the other movies I'm used to watching. So do you remember, George, what your first one was that you saw back well, in the day? Well, it was probably one of the ones on, on TV. I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm born in the late 60s, so I, I didn't see them in the theater when they first came out. Right, but of I was seeing them on TV in the in the eighties, you know. Right, the early eighties, and and that's when I first started to see a lot of them, like Deep Red and Bird with Chris Plumage and Cat uh, and I and Blood 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 and Black Lace. I'd seen as a kid. I mean, that I'd seen back in the seventies. That used to be on right. TV here all the time in New York, sure. Channel Nine. Um, <clears throat> and then it's stuff like Night. Like we would get stuff like Night. This is before I even knew that Zala was a, you know, a specific. Genre, well, you know what else, uh, too? Yeah. Talking about Jalios, then you have, are they called the Krimis or something like that? The Edgar Wallace production in yeah. Germany? It's more, it's more attached to the German. Uh, right, to the German. Right. And yeah. I, I, I saw a lot of oh, the Edgar but, Wallace but stuff. Did you know up. that? Yes. Now, 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 Solange is like a crossover. That's, yeah, that's, absolutely. Sure. It's a German co production, and, and, and uh, the. the Yoakum, yo, 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 I can never pronounce his name, name popular, but the main, the main detective in the film is from the Krimi film. So in Germany, that film was a, uh, was, was, was promoted as a, as an Edgar Wallace thing. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Wallace stuff is amazing. That, uh, we have a crossover. I didn't even, you yeah. know, I forgot to even and think about that. don't forget right. that uh, Bird from the Crystal Plumage is based on an novel by Edgar Wallace Jr. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Elaborate, Steve. I have no idea where that, you know, I I don't know. That's Edgar Wallace's uh, son. Okay. I, I guess I didn't know that. So that's a nice fact. Karen Lankos is, is based on a story by Wallace Shawn. Yeah, these movies are just, you know, in Argento, he was truly the master of these films for quite a while. I mean, he did some weird extreme stuff, you know, as time went on. But uh, he did a lot of these, these films that were just high quality. And Sergio <laughs> Martino as well. There's so many... I need to sit here and, and go off naming all these people. It's there's yeah. Just, I mean, uh, well, you got the main so guys uh, this week, and you got Fulci with his Yellows, which were good. You got Baba, who started it all with Blood and Black Lace and Twitches of Death Nerve. You got Argento, of course, and Sergio Martino. And Matthew, yeah, we're missing too, right. Um, Massimo, or what's his oh, name? Oh, Massimo Delamo, yeah, Massimo Delamo. Yeah, Massimo Delamo, right. Yeah, who did a few of them, yeah. He did, he did a few of them as well. Hand. Yeah, what have, they, what have they done to your daughters? And uh, um, Yeah, we're missing um, Umberto Lenzi, but again, right. it was just because we had to, I had to like, you Basmo. know. <laughs> yes, yes, George has shown Spasmo the yeah. trailer many times, actually. Eyeball, he did, yeah, he, and then he did some of the earlier uh, Cal Baker ones. Right. Which, uh, again, those like the, the, those don't have a, like a, a ton of horror aspects to them, so that's <laughs> why I, I stayed more away from that and more of the, the, the horror-related right. ones. Absolutely. Now, Torso, we were just, as Gene and I were discussing this before, is, is like you guys, would you consider Torso a giallo? I definitely would. There's some yeah. debate that it's like maybe not really a giallo, but you know what the original Italian title is? That's one title, see, that got, a, 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 that, that, that was an Americanized title for the, uh, for the, for the grindhouses and the drive-ins because, uh, the original Italian title is, uh, something like the bodies bear traces of carnal violence. So right. that's a real right. shallow title. There's no doubt about it. And right. we just got it as torso, which you know. Well, because you said it was paired with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so you know did, when yeah. you're when you're pairing it with a, that as a double bill, you want to try to be as close to Texas Chainsaw Massacre as possible. Yeah, and it definitely torso you know, it, definitely it, works. It definitely works because there's a lot of violence in that movie. It's, a, it's about a basically a stalking killer, you know. It's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of reflective. If you look at the balancing between the two nights, I would say torso is the deep red of the deep red of Friday. Does that sound right, George? I don't know. <laughs> because of the well, amount the of thing, violence deep and murders. Red is, deep red is considered the the king of these films. That that is. Oh, absolutely. That, that yeah. is what's. I mean, I'm. I'm not saying that that's my opinion, or I agree or disagree with it. I'm just saying that's, it, 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 you know, in in large, 
closes in 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 in, in, in the, as far as fandom with these things goes. That is considered the that is giallo film. That is considered the 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 you know the epitome of these. It's way the out there too. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's not just a giallo. It's just a really yeah. weird. It's a it's a weird movie, and I think some of the, I mean I don't want to go into details here, but I think. And we can just say yes or no. I think you see some of the elements of that film reflected again in Phenomena or Creepers, right? There's sort of a similar uh, weird thing going on with deformity and, you know, strange stuff in that film as well. It's a, a repetitive repetitive thing. Well, you know, I think deformed people are a repetitive thing in, in Argento films, period. You know, I think they they show up constantly as monsters and stuff, but, you know... Um, and all these films too. Yeah, we even went, uh, people with uh, deformed DNA. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was going to say all these films are going to be uh, in English too. Nothing is subtitled. So, and it was interesting because a lot of people actually said they would have preferred these films to be screened with subtitles. But you know, that's well, not you know, happen. well, well, Deep Red is a restored. Re, Deep Red as the two-hour restored version will have uh, a some few, a few yeah. sequences that are oh, subtitles because they were never translated to English. Yeah, right, right, right. So, but yeah, I can remember uh, back in the '80s, if you wanted to see the two-hour plus cut of Deep Red, you had to buy an Italian-only tape with no subtitles and just watch the movie. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, I remember I first had a copy of a a Japanese laser disc, but that still wasn't that was longer than the American print, but it's still not the full version. Was and that you know, Midnight like Video? Did that come out from Midnight I, Video that I don't copy remember. of that laser disc? I think it yeah, was. I don't remember. Oh yeah, they yeah. might have been, but I got it through like a gray market, like a friend had it. Right. And, right. You know, then you, you it was one of those films where you learned, you know, by you know, just reading and, and just you know, everything sure. unfolded where it's like there's a there's a much longer version of this now. You know, absolutely. Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what 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 other questions? Do we have any other questions? We had some people getting back to the the COVID mask thing. Um, there's no mandates at the drive-in for masks. Um, it's up to you uh, as adults um, if you're comfortable. Without wearing a mask, by all means, feel free. And if you feel that you want to wear one, you totally can do it. We will have ours with us, and we'll wear them if we need them. But George and I are both double vaccinated, so. But that's yes. that's what's going on with that. We've had quite a few people, <laughs> more people actually messaged about that this time than they did for the April show. It's a safe environment. Just you know, be do what you need to do to protect yeah, that- yourself. Hey, uh, the drive-in you know, business is really booming because of how absolutely. safe the atmosphere is. Yeah, we don't want to discourage anybody from coming out. It's safe, and, with you know, you should do it. Come out and see us. It's going to be a good weekend, and uh, enjoy yourselves, you know. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's always yeah. it's always great to see people from, um, see people from uh, you know, from all over the place to come out for these. So that's, you know, that's that's a big plus, you know. A big plus for me. It's not even about the films. It's just about the camaraderie and you know seeing all the the regulars and meeting new people and hanging out with the Riverside staff and you know everybody. It's just like a big family reunion twice yeah. a year. 
and it, 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 it's so important. It's just good for our mental health, and and uh, we all have a lot of fun. So, well, once people come to this once, they'll want to keep coming back. I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot of camaraderie, really, right, George? It's just a good time. So, I say so, yeah. Yeah, we talk about that all the time, you know, and then we yeah, were talking about... Yeah, the camaraderie has just gotten... Uh, it's actually when I leave, it's like I get kind of melancholy, you know. Well, yeah, well, speaking about that, so why don't we plug Why don't we plug Brad's uh, Brad's couch? <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I'm not... I just see, talked to Brad talk about, tonight about there's this. There's a good segue, there's a good segue because... That's a good uh, segue. Talk about the hideaway. Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, we, we're talking about... We're talking about camaraderie, right? Yeah. Right. So our friend Brad Traeger, who he's uh he's he's been our go to guy when it comes to dressing up as yeah. characters. The cosplay thing that we do, you know, for the photo ops. He's done Herman Monster, he's done the the the, the monster from the Funhouse. Fun Leatherface, leather and Bigfoot. And Bigfoot, yeah, that was that was last year. <laughs> now right. in April we get we gave him a we said we we didn't bother him, but Brad's got his thing where he gets a couch. Okay, um, he finds a couch through like the marketplace, you know, a used couch that maybe somebody's going to get rid of, <laughs> and he always manages to do this. This is and this is you know you know every time he comes, which is you know. It's been going on for years, yeah. decades. So, yeah. so 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 now me and a couple of me, Brad and a couple of other guys, uh, Ty and Doc, these other two guys that come to the show, we've been on we've been like doing this uh, messaging thing about his setup and how we want to turn it into almost like a little like a uh, little bar cocktail lounge. Slash Mark Griffin type uh, TV show panel, you know. So we we it, it, we we came to call it Brad's Hideaway. So I don't know if you remember there was <laughs> Billy Crystal used to do a spoof of um, Fernando Lamas. Yeah, yeah. Fernando's Hideaway, where we have like guests. <laughs> so we that, that's how the name came up. It was now it's Brad's Brad's Hideaway, and it's become its own entity. And now, now, now we want to, you know, like showcase it, like preserve it, like it should be in the Smithsonian or something. And, right, uh, right. Yeah. It's so they've been like, they, they want to turn it into a bar and get all this different stuff for it. And, you just yeah. people just sort of, it's like, it's almost like a, I don't know, I, it's kind of like a talk show kind of thing. You just sort of has this couch in this field at this drive-in. You have to picture this. And uh, he's now there's a tent above it and all this kind of stuff. Or maybe he always had the. I think he always had the the covering, no, but anyway. Depends so. on the weather. Really? I, okay. I, I thought I wasn't crazy. I thought there wasn't always always a tarp or what? Well, a tarp and a you know like a tent or whatever. Yeah. A vent tent. And anyway, people just sort of like hang out on the couch. They go back and you know they hang out. That's it. And uh, it's really funny because a lot. Of, <laughs> People, you can't find someone. They're back hanging out with Brad on the couch, you know, and he doesn't have yeah. a lot. Of, I guess he's, he's gotten bigger couches to fit more people, hasn't he? Or am I imagining? It seems like the couch One year I can uh, remember him bringing a bark, a, an old lounge chair to the driver. Okay. The couch. <laughs> well, that's to show you yeah. how much it's, um, 
it's expanded over the years. It used to be yeah, a lounge, now it's a full couch. Absolutely. Now there's going to be a bar and maybe lights and maybe um, maybe oh, he's going to have special guests. <laughs> like um, we'll, we'll broadcast live from there on Facebook. I heard there's going to be special guests. Uh, he might have Lou Ferrigno on. He might have um, <laughs> he might have uh, Max Gale from the Barney Miller show. They 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 they, they talk so. Gene's going to yeah. be dancing on the stripper pole. What's that? Gene's dancing on the stripper pole. I am I am uh, 100 pounds over weight to do the stripper pole anymore. Oh, and when please. I was, and when I, and when I was go-go your dancing. Pole days? I know when I was go-go dancing, I wasn't using a stripper pole. I was up on I was up on these elevated platforms like 15 feet in the air. Not being able and hanging on and hanging on to to chains. Did, have you seen that video? Did you no, see the I video for that? that I'll send it to you tonight when we're off the air. I'll I'll send it to you. There was a I, I, we shot we shot a documentary back in the day about this at this bar about this club and and uh, I. I did the documentary, but I didn't. I did not want to appear in the documentary. It was supposed to be about everything going on, and they videotaped me go-go dan- dancing in this outfit. And uh, at any rate, it ended up on Facebook. <laughs> the outtakes. Somebody, somebody had the outtakes from this and transferred them to DVD and gave them to me, and I'm very thankful for it. But anyway, it ended up on. It ended up on. Um, Facebook, so I owned it. I got a copy of it, and I put it up every once in a while, and I say, look, this is it. And I own everything. I'm not ashamed of any of that stuff. So I'll say, tonight I will forward eh. it to you. You, en- you were yeah. enjoying hey, Josh. You'll, Josh will go, oh, my God. <laughs> and if you're hey, looking well. for Josh while you're there, look for the guy with, hey. the be- with the cheap, crappy beer that no one will take, and he can't even give away. Like that, you hey, got just that. Just to let you guys, no, let you guys you, know, Josh. my phone's my what? phone's getting ready to die. But I, say, George, I did off. want to ask one yes. question. Okay. Hey, I'm wondering. There's a movie that I'm wondering if you guys would be able to get. It's kind of in the giallo, like genre. Also, is there any way to uh, get Albert Hitchcock's Rebecca to be able to be played at at the drive-in? Wow, um, I'm sure, but I don't know that I don't know that any of the Monsterama people would want to watch Rebecca. Yeah, you don't think? I don't know. You know, it's funny. It's funny. One thing I'll mention to you about Rebecca is that you know uh, some of the the plots and stuff from um, Dark Shadows, a TV series, were taken from Rebecca. So compare your, the two. One of, your sh- one of the shows you hate actually did an episode. Based on Rebecca. What's that, Friends? I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mama's family. Oh, did they really? I can't. You know what? Yes. I, 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 the problem with Mama's family is that the original sit, no, no, sitcom, the original um, thing that was on uh, on Carol Burnett was funnier. I just felt like when Mama's family came out that they surrounded her with idiots. You know, like those people... We're too close to real life of people that I've met, you know, in the suburbs of 
Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know? I know, but and, I, I'm, I'm just saying that it's one of my favorites, and you know that. Right, fine. Everybody, everybody likes Mama's Family and the Golden Girls, and I can't stand either of those shows. Yeah. I'm not a fan <laughs> but, of but either. Yeah, they had a they had a whole episode based around wow. based okay. on Rebecca. Well, that would, George would be the one to answer that. It, it would be a September thing, and it would have to be with, with a lot of other older films like Black and White. Yeah, no, it's probably, it, it won't happen because you know the 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 basis of the show is to show. You know, uh, film make money. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but there's a certain kind no, of film that we would show. You know, yeah, I just didn't know I, I, because it's one that I love and it's hard to find. I just thought it was great like, up on that driving. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to show like Universal horror films from the 30s and 40s because you yeah. know it's not really like it's been done to too me, much. It's not a, to me, they're more for like movie houses, like like. Movie palaces, right. I should say, oh, yeah. than the drive-in because they're not from the drive-in era. We're trying to show the drive-in era, and you know, right. and and in attempts to show to appeal more to the younger audience, we've we've gone you know more more recent for us. I mean, you know, showing that more '80s stuff. I don't even oh, think. Yeah. That, well, I don't even know what the aspect ratio would be for something <laughs> like that. You would you would well, drive. It's is it 1945 or something like that? You'll be, Todd would be Todd would have to fix it for us all. Wasn't it? Wasn't it one of his later ones? I don't remember Rebecca? the year. I want to say forty-seven, but I'm sure I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a full-frame movie, but it, it, it's not. It, it, come out, it came it's out not, before it's not Vertigo, a right? Horror film either, so. It was out before Vertigo, absolutely. Yeah. Vertigo was yeah. It's black and white, no? You yeah, know what? I'm, Goog- I'm googling it. Six, 360. What? It <laughs> it came out before Psycho, so it's pre. Yeah, he means pre nineteen sixty. Yeah. I'm yeah, aware so of I'm that. I'm pretty sure it's the forties. Yeah. It's nineteen forty, guys. Oh, so it's older than I even thought. Oh. Yeah. Nineteen forty. Yeah, that's one of those. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it it, it very much is. Um, it, it, Wuthering Heights, that film, and Gaslight are three films that influenced the writers on Dark Shadows, the TV series. So you can actually find those elements, find those elements in, in the series. Oh Dark yeah. Shadows. And that's on that Darn Cat also inspired Dark Shadows, right? What else did? That Darn Cat. Well, yeah, it sure did with What's-Her-Name, that's for sure. I mean, God, Grayson Hall, we, we, we can, uh, what do you say, um, sing the praises of Grayson Hall. She certainly didn't, you know, she didn't do that many movies, but, you know, her career, she's very famous, that's for sure. So she was pretty wacky in that movie, and then she was far more wackier in Dark Shadows. I mean, she... She wasn't that good of an actress, but she's very entertaining. <laughs> if you've never watched the show, so she definitely has camp appeal. But well, that's a good question. That's a really good question, Josh. I just don't. I don't know how. I just don't think a 1940s film is marketable for these folks. So, but yeah, it's good. I mean, we you're doing a whole Giallo thing. It's just uh, I don't know. It might be. I'd say go with what this turnout is. Well, that's and maybe try it. <laughs> no, I want more than ten people there. 
<laughs> yeah. I just, I, it's hard to get, it's hard to lure people to the drive-in. I think to see, we, you know, and, and, and again, here's the other issue. Like, I can't believe the amount of younger people I meet that will not watch black and white films. You know, I, I, I know it's a shame. I was talking to somebody that's a lot younger that's a sci-fi horror fan, and he said he asked me about an older movie, and I said, "Is it black and white?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "I don't watch black and white movies." I was like, "Okay, well, whatever. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand what the relevance of that is. What this anti-black they and white? They don't know what they're missing either." Well, I just don't nah, understand. It. I mean, that makes me huh? cringe to hear that. Yeah, that's just. But it's really true. It's actually really true, and and they just. It's I mean, I grew up in an. I grew up as a kid with a black and white TV, and I knew and what exactly, shows and movies were in black exactly. and white. I knew like Abbott right. and Costello was black and white because it was old. I knew that Burns and Allen was black and white. Groucho. I don't uh, like black uh, and white movies. But okay, you know, well. and I never like said I'm not. I don't want to watch. I mean, I can't. I can't even get into that mentality. But that's how many generations removed I am from that kind of mentality. Absolutely. Because I, I grew up adoring, you know, black and white as much as color. I mean, I was like adoring Absolutely. old Universal horror movies, uh, old TV shows like Burns and Allen and, and Groucho and yeah, uh, yeah. and Father Knows Best. Well, I mean, did, I grew up even, with that you stuff. Didn't even and, think and, of, and also, you didn't even think um, about it. And also, well, like, the Flash Gordon serials, which, you know, you know, I mean, these things had a big impression. I didn't, like, I just knew it was made a long time ago, and that's why it was black and white. I didn't, like... Diss it. I thought it was just as good as anything, you know. Well, I, I, so I can't even. I understand was, why they like that because they're they're. It's a generational yeah. thing, but I can't get into that mindset because I'm so far removed from it. I'm sure you guys are too. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, one of my favorite things that I had was one of those. Do you remember the old orange black and white TVs? Sure. They were like 13 inches. Sure. Yeah, I probably did too. Uh, yeah, I I remember that was my own TV. I was able to carry it into like this little cubby space, and I would watch like USA Up all night and stuff on there. Just Very black cool. and white. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, there's another thing to segue here that you know we, that I like to address too is this whole this whole thing about 35 millimeter versus DCP. Okay, and George and I have been talking about this, so. You know, there's a lot of people that want to see everything on 35 millimeter. Well, the reality is that, you know, it's it's cool to be able to watch it on 35 millimeter, but it's not going to be the quality on 35 millimeter today that it was when it originally was screened yeah. back in was screened. And actually, the DCPs are going to be closer to that. Plus, you know, the fact is, since since Monsterama goes back 15 years, okay, over half of the Monsteramas were in 35 millimeter before anybody else was doing it. So there, there, you reach a point when you're doing a show, okay, like Monsterama and April Ghouls, that it's kind of okay to let go of that 35 millimeter thing and go with DCP because when George started doing these, they weren't available on DCP. Now they are, and there's no reason to choose between the two and show a faded shit print for the sake of being nostalgic, which, to be honest with you, there were more complaints about the quality of the 35 prints than there have been about switching to digital. 
you know, right, and, George? Uh, this is the reality of it. So, you know, it's like it's not so much uh, that we've given up on it. It's just the the DCP has opened a lot Correct. more doors for us to show stuff Correct. that we couldn't Absolutely. show before. And we're exactly. also supporting the studios that are making these film these restorations available. If like uh, like. You know, if if a studio comes out with a major restoration of a horror film that that you know definitely would apply to our show, like when the fog came out, the rest we showed, we we jumped on that Texas Chainsaw, we jumped on that because like I wanted to show Texas Chainsaw for years, but the the only print I knew of was like was had fade and it was missing it was missing footage, and I'm like I'm not gonna I'll wait and you know so it's it's not it's it's more or less, yeah, like Gene said, giving the best presentation. I mean, we show in some real crap-looking prints, and, and sometimes in the asshole slot, sometimes not. And then, and a lot of stuff is not become is not available anymore. Warner Brothers right. you know, had all these right. all these prints, and then you contact them, and uh, I've had stuff booked, and then they'll tell me, oh, it's damaged, or they don't have, they're missing like three reels, and and this has happened to me with like, I shouldn't name call Warner Brothers. Uh, but that's just that's just to happen to be a studio that I remember different incidents. It's I mean, but it happens. It, you know, they think they have something in their inventory, and then they realize they don't. They give me enough a heads yeah. up after I booked it, so I have to can I have to cancel or not. But what we we you know the fact that so much more stuff has become available to us, and everybody's been loving the shows and. Uh, I right. wouldn't say Absolutely. that. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that a majority. That there's a large number of 35 that people want 35. I think I, there's people that do, but not everybody does. And I certainly not not from the crowds that come to our show. They just love. They've been loving it, and we want to give them the best quality programs that we can. Absolutely, films that, that nobody else is really showing. You know. You guys. All right, guys. Hey, just really hey, quick, Steve. Yeah, I, have, I really have to bounce out yeah. of here. I have to go help my wife. So oh, you yeah, guys Josh, take care, you. and hopefully we'll see, see you, you on Saturday. Yep, sure. Yeah, all right, take care. Bye. And uh, I wish that you guys had a can of uh, 35 millimeter that's exactly the same weight as a print and have all those people, well, why don't you order 35 millimeter print? Have you get them to walk? Across the drive-in with that, you know, holding it up. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know. DCPs are far more, certainly far more, far more, you know, transportable than, and, and then, you know, film canisters. I get that, absolutely. But it's just that, uh, you know, I, I, the thing, the thing about it is, no, and the thing about it is that, you know, I don't have any love for VHS now either. And I'll never understand why these people are so thrilled about watching VHS. It's shit. You, you can't go to any scene that you want. You know, it, when DVDs came out, it was a blessing. When Blu-rays came out, it was a blessing. You know, so, and, and even, yeah, you know. Yeah, it sure was. You know, and, 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 you know, the MP4 format or whatever for digital, it just, it, you know, I just, I grew up, when CDs became available back in the 1980s, First thing I said when I bought a CD was, I can't wait till 10 years in the future when laser discs are this size. And there were actually people saying, it's never going to happen. It's never going to be affordable. Well, it, it was, and it is. So anyone out there that said that, kiss my ass. I was right. Yes. And, 
And anyway, you know, digital formatting has just gotten better and better and better. Now, I've drawn the line. I have a 4K TV. I do not have a 4K player. Don't know that I ever will. I don't know that I need 4K in my life. I mean, I can play 4K, uh, you know, uh, digital files, but, you know, I don't know if I want to invest in a player at this point in the game. But, I mean, I have no love for VHS. I don't have any love for that whatsoever. I, I, to me, you know, I feel the nostalgia that these folks are feeling, but, you know, those tapes sucked, you know, and they didn't last. There's, yeah, there's no reason and, There's and, no reason to want to watch the way they look back then. I mean, I can watch something on Blu-ray now that, that, right. that looks fantastic and, be, be, and, and then glow nostalgia about seeing it back in the VHS days. Absolutely. That's how it works for me. I don't want to look at the way it was looking because it's like, wow, I'm glad this finally looks like the way it's supposed to. And I still, it's not, you know, I don't understand that, like, getting pleasure out of watching something that looks that bad, you know. Right, I don't get it. I mean, if if people enjoy that, I'm I'm not flagging anyone's hobbies here. If you enjoy collecting VHSs and this is what you want to do on a Friday night, if it brings you you know, a pleasure to have that retro experience. You know, I embrace that with you 100%. I'm saying the quality is not for me. <laughs> so I don't think the quality is for most people. But there are, yeah, you know, there are people. There's a lot of people out there that's into that. There's a lot of people yeah. out there into it. I just, I don't, I don't get it, yeah, you know. Yeah, they said VHS is real film. No, it's not. It's tape. Well, it's memory. It's the same yeah. thing with it's the same thing with the whole concept of organic sound on vinyl, okay? Mm-hmm. And the, the you know the pressing now is far higher quality, and I think it's fantastic that the vinyl industry is back because God knows I bought records well into the 2000s when I was I was you know DJing and buying dance music and stuff and still love the idea of it and have so much of it in storage. Well, I shouldn't say in storage. I have so much of it on shelves you know, around the house. But, I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, again, digital format is where it's at for me. Less space, uh, you know, something that's easier to access and do whatever I want to with rather than having to get out a record and clean a record off and stuff. I mean, it has a great appeal to me, but not something that I care to waste my time with, you know. It's just yeah. not that You know. And I don't think vinyl sounds better. So whoever thinks that out there that's you're welcome to your opinion i disagree you know i think i think cds and digital sound perfectly fine <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we, we were obsessed with decades george being collectors of this stuff george and i you know i i, I don't, again i don't want to come off sounding like an arrogant bastard but you know we've been collecting this stuff for 30 years and we've always tried to get the best versions available for ourselves and for our collection. And sometimes I just think many of these folks just showed up at, in, at the 11th hour, you know, with collecting and with being fans and stuff, and this is where they're at. And, you know, we've been doing this for 30, 40 years. What's well, been a while, George? I mean, how long – we were buying CDs, what, in our teens or 20s, so think about it. I mean, we've been in, in pursuit of the best versions of these things for – 20 or 30 years, and that's that's where we are with this. You know, we're always going to upgrade to something better, you know, quality, because that it, it just it's we were in pursuit of this for years. You know, the best version available. You know, the thing with 4K is that it doesn't have that 
one title yet to make everyone go, ooh, I'm going to upgrade. I mean, it's nice we're getting remastered versions of the remastered versions of Zombie, all the Blue Underground stuff, all that. Are you saying 4K? Are you talking 4K format? It's nice we're getting upgraded, but there's been that one title that's going to take it over the top, and I don't think there will be. Well, I think George will support this. I've watched them side by side. In some cases, I don't see that much of a significant difference that I feel I need to invest in a whole new media platform. I mean, that's the way I feel about it, you know. And when I yeah. switched to Blu-ray, when I switched to Blu-ray, I really had to think about, am I going to spend hundreds of dollars on replacing my entire library with everything on Blu-ray, or am I going to buy selective selective titles? And I've actually bought a lot more on Blu-ray than I ever expected to buy. Um, but there are still things that come out on, on Blu-ray that I think to myself, nope, that's not worth an upgrade, because I've had the DVD for 20 years and I've watched it four times, so why do I want to, why do I want to put that money out for that? I don't want to do it, so... You know, I don't feel the need to own every single thing that comes out on Blu-ray. You know, so yeah, that's my that's my opinion anyway. I don't know how you feel. And uh, depends. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. There are a few, but then like I'm I'm really loving the Blu-ray. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, George was talking about how wonderful the new Midnight Blu-ray is. Midnight is a locally. Uh, oh, I want to get now. that so bad. And uh, well, we can talk about that for a few minutes because that was actually shot not far from the location of the Riverside Drive-In Theater. Yeah. And but then I just want to say, by watching the film again and watching the extras, it so reminded me of being in that area. It kind of gave me like a like a this like pumped up preview of of being there next week. Right. You know. Right. Kind of like, you know, the backwoods areas and the, you know, the real right. rural sections, I should say. Well, Not sort of an underrated, rural, it's, it's sort of an underrated Pittsburgh production. Film, you know, yeah. you know it, it wasn't, it was something that it, we talked, we got we a big discussion this past week one night on the phone about Midnight and how, you know, it was, uh, I, I got it at a local, I think I rented it from Giant Eagle Video back in the day, actually, on VHS, and, um, you know, it, it was a Pittsburgh movie that just didn't get the local attention that it deserved. Um, but as time has gone on, and, you know, with the success of the Night of the Living Dead coming back and, and all the Romero movies and everything, there has become uh, a lot of demand for these other Pittsburgh-based horror films like Effects and Midnight in particular. Um, those are two. And, you know, they've come out on Blu-ray and stuff now, and they're they're appealing to an entire new generation of people that have watched these other movies, you know, produced by, you know, that John Russo was involved in and Tom Savini was involved in, a number of other, uh, you know, local... John Amplis is in this film as well. Yeah. Um, John Amplis you know, is, like, is almost top-billed after, after Lawrence Tierney. And he we, has a we significant love role... We and, love John. Uh, he, he Shout does out a great, to John. He does a great interview on the... The disc has... Um, actually has like a, a partial commentary with the with the uh, the guy who did the music score, which I haven't even heard yet, but I did see the, the, the interviews. There's four interviews, one with Sam Sherman, who was the executive producer, one with John Russo, who's the director, and I guess producer... 
Well, he definitely directed it, but I, but uh, John Amplis, of course, who is in the cast, and uh, and Tom Savini. Because right. and Tom Savini says exactly what I said about it. It was kind of like he he just mentioned it was done as a favor, and that they incorporate that in the title of his featurette. You could tell he's probably like right. you know uh, did it as a favor to John Russo, and he says he doesn't think he ever saw the film. He doesn't have like a good memory of it, but and he talks you know he talks very nicely about being from Pittsburgh and what it means to him. So that that was a nice that that interview I actually watched twice already. It's like it's like eight minutes, you know, and um, but I highly recommend this midnight. Um, you know, like I, this is another thing. Like we, this is like Gene and I are talking about these films that, like, you know, it, it fits into that whole Pennsylvania like uh, horror, you know, culture. As far as one of the films that's shot on location, it's got the guy that is behind Night of the Living Dead. It's got Savini. It was involved with it. It's got John Amos right. from Romero films. But it doesn't. For some reason, it's like like thrown by the wayside. It's almost like fans just kind of. It totally ignored certain films, which should be more acknowledged. I'm not yeah, saying I think it's a, it's I a think, masterpiece, think... but it's a good little. It's a it's a, it's a well made little film, and like I mean, so low budget. It was I mean, really low budget. I think it cost yeah. like seventy grand to make. I think John's Does always it had have, uh, the alternate ending, to Midnight, on it, or is that included as part of the film, or just an extra? Well, what happened was. Um, I, I, they scraped the original ending because um, Sam Sherman saw it and said, you can't just end it like that. And I think the running time was, and he said, basically, go back and shoot more. And, and when John Russo and, and Sam Sherman tell the story of that, it, it, it differs slightly. But basically, they say the same thing, that Sherman said, you know, I'm not happy with that ending. I think you gotta you got to... Change the ending and expand on it. You know? <clears throat> right. And I think what he said was right because because you know it, yeah because it 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 brings this, the Lawrence Tierney who's the stepfather character. I don't want to go too much into the plot for those who haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. But it, I think it works well because the original ending was would have been really morbid and now it's downbeat and morbid as it is, but I think it's he did the right thing. Plot, Plot-wise, it's very reflective of a lot of films around that time period with, um, you know, sort of mutant families, uh, kidnapping, murder. Um, what else, George? Um, uh, satanic cults. Cult. Yeah, satanic no. cults. I mean, yeah, it's very reflective of all – it's all the elements of everything that was – Highly popular at the time, you know, and, and rolled into a film. And like I said, I saw it back, and then I saw it back in the '80s. It must not have been very long after it came out, actually. And I think I rented it local at uh, Giant Eagle Video. I think it was like circa 1988 or '89. I saw the film, so it wasn't out that long before I saw it on VHS. You know, I, mean, I actually you saw remember it on VHS. was that cover with the clock. Like the girl yeah. on the clock, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah you know, John, John, yeah. John's always had this stuff. John Russo's always had reproductions of the posters and stuff available at his table. I think for years he's been selling. I have a press book for it. I love that stuff, artwork you know, with the uh, with the um, with the, mo- it, the zombie or the skull thing. With uh, yeah, it's actually supposed to be a mummified character in the film. Or a mummified character. And I'm yeah. like, and I forget, and I hadn't seen the film in in, in I, I, maybe twenty years. So. When I watched the Blu-ray again recently, I'm like, this image is just made up, and it's not even. This film also predates. It really does. This film also 
predates Mother's Day too, which well, yeah, um, because it's it a very similar style time. plot. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it actually predates Mother's Day as well. It's very similar in structure to Mother's Day, and in, in, in some ways, with the crazy, crazy brothers and killing and stuff. Um, but you know, it's definitely, it's definitely worth checking out. So, and it's out, it's coming it out came, on. Um, uh, Coming out next week, actually, I think. 23rd. Yeah, I, I, I got a copy earlier uh, last week, and um, highly recommend it. it, it like Gene was saying about Mother's Day, it was, uh, yeah, it was shot around the same time, but I think it was released two years after it was made. So it right. kind of got, you know, in. It kind of looked, I wouldn't say old fashioned by the time it came out, but it looked like the horror movies more from the previous decade than. Late seventies. Then what you were getting by yeah. nineteen eighty two, you know, when it came out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, some of the and the cast is still around Pittsburgh. The you know, the lesser known cast members, um, some of them are still alive and they're around Pittsburgh every once in a while. They've popped up on Facebook over the last few years or ten years or whatever. They've popped up, so you know, it, it's not I don't think it's unreasonable to think that at some point in the game, they may end up, you know, at a local convention or something, you know, signing stuff. So, might be monster. Possibly. Like a monster? Well, yeah, that's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought and about I did. that. Uh, when I got it, I got it at a video store that was dumping a lot of the VHS, and I'm seeing it, and I'm like, "Whoa, Midnight, John Russo, Snap." Right. You didn't say that out loud, though, did you? Yeah, he did. He no. said it real loud. He pushed him out of the road. He beat some woman over the head with a clamshell case. <laughs> he, uh, no, that was that monster match that year that I uh, not because she didn't know what the movie was. Take the money to buy Reptilicus's novel. What? what yeah, he was standing about? next to me. And then uh, I was seeing Reptilicus for 20 bucks. Carl, it's the only Monster Bash he ever went to. And then I was like, boom, move. And I had to run <laughs> to the cash machine quick to make sure to get it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh, the soundtrack. The soundtrack for this show is... Uh, George put the soundtrack together for the show about uh, two or three days ago. It's going to be interesting. I don't want to talk about it. I would rather have people experience it. Um, yeah, because it is great music. For all these well, films, they all have different. great scores. Well, this soundtrack is different for the show than any other one we've ever done. It's it's much more uh, esoteric and out there. Um, and I, I think people are going to be... <laughs> Shaking their heads and going, "What the fuck were they thinking about that?" <laughs> but it, it they totally might be thinking in. that when they come, yeah. Yeah. It totally, so it totally fits in. It's gonna work. One of uh, Morricone's best scores. What is? Which one? A uh, Solange. Okay. <clears throat> well, I think you're barking up the right tree on this, but I'm not going to admit to anything. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That definitely the case. But uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's, it, we're looking forward to this. It's it, you know, it's, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting journey between here and 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 April. And it got here quick. I mean, we 
we just turn around oh, and all God, of a sudden, yeah. it's September, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like we don't even know where the hell the summer went, right? Yeah. This time around, you know, and there's been a lot of different things happening over the course of the past couple of months. Well, anyway, you know, we have a little bit of time left here, George. You said earlier that you wanted to thank some people by name or you wanted to give shouts out. Did you want to do that? Uh, who do we want to thank? Well, I want to thank well, – well, I think I, you I, start I, naming I, names. Well, well, you know, I just want to say, too, that, you know, that there have been a lot – there have been, a, you know, a handful of people that have, like I – I have to say, disappointingly, you know, there are some that, you know, we – Kind of just fell off the, the fell fell through the crack, falling through the cracks, I should say. Um, right. But but I don't I, I don't know. It's a it's a long it's been a long journey. So um, there 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 are people out there that have been really 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 supportive of this show and and just uh, um, you know I mean I'll, I'll I mean, we, you know we, we of course we have um, more recently Bill Van Ryn who does Ruby Doom. Who uh, actually designed a T-shirt for us? Spectacular and, uh, job! He's, and his, uh, his online we'll be doing part, another T-shirt too. His partner uh, who too. does the show, yeah, Sam Panico. Both of them really excited about the show. Have been, you know, uh, plugging it like crazy and and, and uh, supporting it. And uh, yep, thanks yeah. guys. Uh, you know, as far as this show is concerned, um, uh, I want to thank. There's a guy called John Kitley who has a, a website called Kitley's Crypt. He did a really nice plug for the Giallapalooza, um, and I appreciate that. The, the local press, Sean Collier for the, from the uh, Pittsburgh Tribune Live, has uh, we've been in the print edition, and he's he's done TV coverage of us of the event last uh, <coughs> last yep. April and the September before, and uh, yep. he's just been wonderful plugging the show because that kind of coverage. Um, there's Christy Lachlan, who's a local journalist who's, you know, done articles on us over the years, and she's always been supportive, too. Um, Robert my, Milligan, my, who does tremendous oh, Robert trailers. Milligan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Rob Milligan is fa- – I mean, this guy, he, he, he made – We love tra- you, Rob. He's been making trailers for us, and um, he, the last one he did for the Jalapalooza, I mean, he was um, – he put a lot of effort into it, and it wasn't an easy task because you know everybody's got schedules, work schedules, and yeah, and he, and he does this, he, he selects these he selects these scenes, and he creates he creates a, a beautiful piece of work. I mean, he, he yeah he pulled he pulled all the footage. We we wrote we wrote the script, and he pulled the footage. We didn't do any of that, and uh, he just comes up with this stuff, and we we sit and wait and wait, and then we it's like Christmas. We're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and there's nothing. You know, when you're doing trailers, when you're working with someone that's doing trailers for you or advertisements, you're always sort of bantering back and forth about, yeah, well, this works or that doesn't work. But you know what? With Robert, it's perfection. He just does this stuff, and it's he, astounding. He does amazing. And again, this is he volunteers. He's not, you know, asking yep, for anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, yep, and yep. we, you know, I had a vision, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, Gene's the one talking to him, and um, and I told Gene like, this is like what I want. I want this. I want that. You know, thinking from a showman's point of view, and yep. Robert gave us exactly what we wanted in this in this trailer. Well, it was like, like you were quick. channeneling each other is what yeah. it was like. You you were telling yeah. me what you wanted and this is what he already had done or had already started. It was like Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like a weird thing, you know. George comes up with the concepts of how he wants the advertising for his, you know, for the show, and and Robert it just it clicks, and but you know George will look at the rough cut and go, it's exactly what I wanted, you know, and that's yeah. and that's that that uh, synchronicity is beautiful, you know. It's a pleasure to have that type of synchronicity with somebody, you know. So yeah. he's another another person to thank, and Brad Traeger for playing all of our monster characters over oh, the yeah. years, <laughs> and 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 Ty and Ty, I'm gonna say his name wrong, Andreco, Andreco. Thank you, Ty. <laughs> I can't think who else. I mean, there's tons of people. Holy shit, you know. Well, all the people that have been coming, you know, that that could come on a regular basis. Right. We appreciate right. that. You know. Some, some We're gonna forget people and they're gonna cry. Come back, Sorry. which is nice. Yeah, I'm gonna staff, of course, of the Riverside because, well, they're awesome. <laughs> they, they're great. They're great. They're great under pressure. Those guys are. They're, they're, they're awesome, and it's like you know, it's like totally. the field of dreams. You know, we we built it, and they will come, and that's you know. People yeah, ask exactly. you why? Why is it there? And it's like that's because that's where it is, and you got you know, and, and people come to it. And that's exactly, yeah. and it's produced, I think, for fun. You know, there there's no competition. You know, kind of going on here. It just is whatever it feels like it should be, and that's what happens, and it plays out well. And you know, and time to move on to the next, time to move on to the next experience. You know, and that's it. We're we're always. We're always looking to do the next big thing, but we're not really paying attention to what's going on around us when we do it either. So, yeah. you know well, what I'm saying? I love so. the 80s stuff, but after seeing so much of it, I've grown of the September shows better because that's when George really gets into his element and just plays bad scientists and just pulls things out and it's just awesome. very true like, uh, very true uh, yeah. I can remember Vincent Price night which I love to death we just revisited the, on the on the community page as as the memories have been coming up we've been you know kind of sharing um, the you know the the 20, I believe it was 2012, I'm probably wrong, but I think it was the 2012 Vincent Price weekend, and, uh, you know, uh, we had a pre-recorded message from Victoria, um, you know, for the, for the, for the weekend, and in 2016, uh, George got both of the uh, Dark Shadows films and lined it up with uh, the House of Drip Blood and Bat People, and uh, that was a Saturday night in 2016, and Catherine Lee Scott from the Dark Shadows camp, she was kind enough to record an introduction for us for that, and that that will always remain one of my favorite shows. We gave out these vampire teeth at the uh, at the box office, you know, and uh, you know you talk about great baskets. That basket that George put together for the Dark Shadows was beautiful. So oh yeah, I actually, can remember that. It was shaped like a giant bat, and there was a variety of different. You know, dark shadows things available, and it was also, and it was in September after the 50th anniversary uh, festival in Terrytown, which was in June, and we had both Lara Parker and Catherine Lee Scott sign um, sign eight by tens to give away. 
So it was nice. It was really nice. They especially signed for the the driving. They said the driving on them, and it's you know that was a great basket, George. It was really nice. So yeah, and I want to say too, we never in all these years we've been doing these shows twice a year, we never repeated a movie. Yet. No. And uh, if we do no. in the in the future, which we might. It, it will be because we want to and not because we have to. So well, yeah, because there's better quality available, too. And you, there weren't as many people at the first couple of shows that you did. Right. So, right. Exactly. you know, it's, it, it, it's a whole different generation now of people that are that are coming out to this. And it's still surprising to find local people in Pittsburgh that have no idea this has been going on for 15 years. It's still shocking to me, but... Every once in a while on the Facebook page, someone will pop up and say, I live five miles from that drive, and I had no idea this was going on for 15 years. And it has been going on for 15 years. So, definitely. Despite, so despite, despite getting a lot of good publicity uh, over the years, uh, being in, in a lot of local papers and being in, you know, right. the, um, the uh, what's the name of that paper that they give the Pittsburgh City paper? We were yeah. always in that. We were we we were in one of the big newspapers. They did a whole article on us years ago yeah, before anybody else did like an article yeah. like that on one of these driving shows. Yeah. So you know we originated a lot of things that you know with the as as it as it applies to these, to these kind of retro horror. We were in a, we were in a yeah. French documentary. There's there's a. French documentary that was shot by these folks came to America and were crossing the country doing a story on um, drive-in popularity. You know, they're not. I I don't think there are drive-ins in France. I might be wrong. Um, I don't think but anyway, so. <laughs> I don't think so. And anyway, they we were we had them in our, one of our shows, and that was sort of that was interesting. You know, well, yeah. very interesting. God is that you've seen. Uh, uh, from Russia with Love, that scene when Bonds and he at that big open coliseum there. Right. Yeah, they actually have a movie screen that comes down there and shows movies there during the summer, and that's the closest that Italy's got. Yeah, I, I know the drive-ins weren't that big throughout Europe at all. I, I think England had them, maybe. I can't remember. I, I've heard conflicting oh, stories. I don't... Huh? Australia does. Australia does, but yeah. England did not, right? I don't think so. I've never I don't heard think of that. they did. I don't think England no. had drive-ins. I can't remember. I, this is something I should know, but they don't have know. a big car culture in England. My but brain in is my brain is yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in the same way with Canada, you know, it's the same way, and we get we've been getting a lot of we get yeah, you know and the borders back open now, so I don't know, but you know there's. Quite a few people that have been coming down from Canada to this show for quite a few years, and that's a, you know really not that far from Canada. You know, you think it's so far away, but really, in, when you're in Pittsburgh or in the surrounding area, Canada's as close as 200, 300 miles, and that's really not bad. You know, it's two and a half hour, three hour drive from the border down. It's not bad at all. So, you know, we we have a lot of Canadians that have been coming in over the years too. Very supportive yeah, from Ontario, good. Ontario and Quebec. So, and I'm sure we'll see more of them in the future as well once things 
settle down with COVID and, you know, people can travel more freely between the two countries. And it's coming. Yeah. I mean, the border, the border just opened back up around Labor Day, so it's still restrictive, but it's slowly getting back to normal. So, you know, there's people will be coming back down here. So, <clears throat> and they're fantastic. I love Canadians. So, Steve, do you have anything else tonight before we go? Any other questions? Yeah, or? and uh, one thing, the reason why you guys get all this publicity and why I do this show with you twice a year is that you go above and beyond for the, all the fans that come to the drive-in, so it's only right that those of us who can help you do the same oh, for you guys. Absolutely, you know we you're you're a staple to us. You're we we have to thank. I guess we really we thank so many people tonight. We should be thanking you as well because you've been. We've always done this show with you. It's become like a a tradition, and um, yeah. you know it's it always a it's always a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun, and we always we we talk about it all the time throughout the whole year. Well, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have got to see uh, the Mask of the Red Death on the big screen, Tomb of well, the hitting the pendulum. You know, that's all George. That's not me. <laughs> yeah, George. Well, there's a lot I of films I wouldn't have got to see. In no, you haven't showed that yet. That's your last year. Remember, Bobby, Ice Castle. Well, I mean, you know, it's a possibility if we can if we can get Robbie Benson booked and and uh, you know uh, what's her name as well if we can get Lynn Holly Johnson to come you know you know it's we'll, we'll show it. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people you know there's some people tuning in you know I don't think the people that have been listening to to these podcasts or whatever radio shows for years some people never get the joke about ice castles the joke about ice castles is just that it's really a horrible film <laughs> and it just sort of reached out there one night and picked something that was unbelievably tacky uh, and you know from from the 70s or whatever and, and that was the name that came up and, and and the joke about it is about ice castles which i think is the funniest of all is that it had this terrible, sappy love song called Looking Through the Eyes of Love. And the thing about it is, is that she's blind. So, <laughs> drum roll. I get can it? Uh, remember that <laughs> one time that you guys did your show, and the first five minutes was that song, Looking Through the Eyes of Love. And everyone well, was know, there just like... What the hell? It's terrible. It's really it's, it's it's terrible. It's really a terrible seventies love ballad. It's really yeah. it, it's the it's the epitome of cheese and um the fact that she she goes blind in the movie and it's called looking through the eyes of love. So she can no longer look through her eyes because she's blind, so only love allows her to see the truth. And how seventies is that? And it's just cliched and ridiculous. So that's how the whole thing started with ice castles. And then it built from there, you know. <laughs> And what else, George? Would you there were a couple other movies that George you said were, would be funny, like Ice Castles. What were the other ones? We had a couple others that we always joke about that we um, that we would show that are terrible, you know. And that's that's. I think we, we could, probably showed them in real life. Yeah, I don't know. We could, we could also we could do uh, we could do the movie with Brooke Shields. Remember what was that movie that she did where it was, she was in love with the guy? Endless Love. There you go. Oh, oh yeah, that's that a real one. happy love film. <laughs> I'm going to burn down your house and your family in it to show that I love you. 
Yeah, you know. Yeah, we're going to do a karaoke version of the song. <laughs> yeah, and it's a pretty crap song as well, isn't it? Endless Love. Yeah. So we'll do Ice Castles and Endless Love, and then what other I'll two movies? I'll come for Endless Love and get like a fake Lionel Richie nose so I can get give them the full experience. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> So that, that would be the ideal, the ideal weekend. Well, everyone's gonna, they're they're coming out to see, well, you know, they they think they're seeing like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then when they get there, it'll turn out to be endless love and and uh, and ice castles <laughs> and something. I don't know what something else that's horrible from the seventies. There are several movies like that that were. It, were, it was about love and overcoming physical challenges and stuff. And just, you know what, in Blue Lagoon, we'll do a whole night of Brooke Shields, and we'll have Blue Lagoon as well. Oh, God, <laughs> just don't show Pretty Baby. Yeah. I remember seeing, I remember going to see a movie in the theater, and I can't remember, it was a horror movie, and I can't remember what year that I saw the film, but it was in, this movie was in the theater next to Blue Lagoon, Okay, and we were my friends and I were going in to see this, and these uh, older women were going to see Blue Lagoon. I mean, elderly women were going to see Blue Lagoon, and they were acting like they were sneaking into a porno film. <laughs> the way they yeah, were talking, it was, it was considered pretty racy when it came out. For some reason. Yeah. yeah, and these older women were like, she was like, Mabel, I heard, I heard he might be naked in this movie. You might be in spite of his ass or something. Yeah, it's so funny because I saw it on HBO years later, and I was so excited to see it because of the, I mean, really, honestly, to see the film because of these two elderly women that looked like, like, you know, church ladies (laughs) going to see this movie. And, like, they had snuck out from their families for the weekend or the afternoon to see a porno film at the local mall. And uh I just I can't remember what the movie was I went to see, but it was you know what it might have been. It might have been Clash of the Titans. Did that play at the same time as as Blue Lagoon? It was it was a yeah. fantasy. Yeah, I think Clash of the Titans was a little later than the Blue Lagoon. Was it? I can't remember. Yeah. It was it was there was something playing literally right in the theater next to it, and I I was and my friends joked and said, "What are we doing here? Let's go see Blue Lagoon with the old blue haired ladies." And I was like, yeah. "No, we're not going to do that." So I and, and it, was, it was considered racy, but I don't think that film. I don't know, maybe because they grew up and had sex or something. I don't understand why, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. I digress. It was garbage. That's the point. And then the yeah. sequel returned to Blue Lagoon, and mysteriously, neither of the cast members were in it. I don't know why. Because they drowned but, within the first five seconds. They had their daughter, and their daughter and them was on the ship, and about. And then as soon as the movie started, bloop, their boat sunk. The daughter got off, and then this is what happened the in the same second story. one. Yeah. In the second film, okay. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that in the least. Well, that's sort of depressing after surviving on an island for decades. You know, I would think it would be better if she was. If she was, this is how I would have did the sequel. I would have had them unearth a, a ancient idol. And the child possessed, and then she would have sacrificed them both. Yeah. So there. That's, that's what I would have did. All right, whatever. George, we're heading up to 9 o'clock here. Anything else that we want to throw out there before we're done for tonight? Or 
Just uh, we hope you all come out, you know, this weekend. It's going to be a blast. This is a totally different. This is like um, not your father's Monsterama. No, it's true. There's been a lot of comments and then on the people Facebook ask, page. Yeah, people like when they see the like kids on the 12 free. The classiest ever. Like this ever. ain't for kids, yeah, but, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, there's adults out there with kids that can't get babysitters. And they're not going to, why should they spend money to put them in the theater if they're not going to watch the movie? They can go to sleep in the back seat or whatever or not, you know. So that's <laughs> yeah, why we I let the kids in for free regardless of the subject. The parents take us to the R-rated movie at the drive-in. Now you kids go to sleep. Okay. Yeah, well, I, well, no. well, well Steve, well, you're right. Because <laughs> a lot of people that see the advertisement, like, they'll say something, like, stupid, like, oh, look at it, you know, kids, kids, kids for free. That's funny because... Because of the movies, but they don't understand the driving culture. That's a problem too. A lot of you know, we're dealing with the, we're dealing with the traditional driving culture that we, we've been trying to bring back for 15 years when nobody wanted it. As far right. as you know, the retro experience. Believe me, when I when I started to do these shows 15 years ago, nobody wanted. It. When when after a few years they became a success. Now like everybody's doing them, I and every you could probably approach any driving theater and say. We want to do something similar to the Monsterama in in Van de Grift, and they'll say, "Yeah, that's cool. What's your idea?" And we'll do it. But what I'm right. trying to say is, a lot of people don't understand driving culture. I mean, state uh, the families used to bring the kids to the drive, regardless if the movie was. And I know kids, you know, my age or older, that would go to movies that were like not for kids, but they they weren't really looking at the movie, or they would like maybe see a part of it because they were like because they showed two or three movies in a row, and the kids would like pass out in the car. But they remember before insurance problems, they used to have pl- uh, playgrounds in the drive-in so that the kids absolutely, could just run off play. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. People don't understand that this is a cultural <laughs> thing. You know, it they don't understand. It was people an event. Today it was don't, a don't, don't understand event. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They definitely don't get that. There's some, that's not yeah. something that they were. And that, that and I go back. That's yeah. why we let the kids in for free because the first Monsterama. Um, we had a we had a family come at the last minute, you know, and obviously they didn't want to spend the money. I think they had like three little kids, and we were showing PG rated like Food of the Gods or something that year and whatever. So Emma, the the the, the manager, she's like, they have three kids, you know, can what do you want to do? So we decided, you know, let the adults pay the two tickets and let the kids in for free. And ever since that that moment, it's like, well, let's just let kids on the 12th in free with the parents. You know, and we don't get a lot of kids to tell you the truth, anyway. But we, you know, no, we put that option really. out there because we're trying to bring the co- we're trying to keep the cost down for this. You know, for people to have a night out. Well, That's you've definitely thing. kept the cost down because you're for for you know, I a few people, and this year more so than even during last year with COVID. You know, we've been interacting with a lot of people that message the page and stuff, and people just can't believe that you know your cost is so low what you're charging to get in. I mean, George is, is, uh, could easily go to 15 or 20 per ticket. He's still staying at $10 per person per night. And compared to other drive-ins and what they're doing, that's not happening. It's not the same price. Yeah, $20 you know? so for eight movies. If that ain't a deal, I don't know what is. Oh, it's a very it's a very big deal. It's excellent what it is. I mean, it's just... Uh, you know that for this for the time being things are going to remain at that price and uh you know it's it's just really good you know and and it's it's 
you know, something that people should consider. I mean, it's, if it's mm. worth a little bit of a drive or something. And then with the camping, you know, we talk about this. You know, the camping is $10 per person per night. You know, it's, it's a nice place to camp. Um, you get a fantastic big breakfast in the morning, and sometimes if Tom Savini's there, he might be your chef and do the cooking. Um, you know, and then you know we and That's not a joke. That's not a joke. That's a real thing. No, he really happens. has cooked breakfast <laughs> yeah. for people yeah, multiple times, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't camp there, so I have no idea. But you know, Tom's been open to doing jousting and all sorts of unusual sword fights and things just randomly. So it's very entertaining. He's a yeah. lot of fun to be around. And then, you know, the other thing is Doug Bradley and, and Tom Savini, there was a birthday party for Doug Bradley a number of years ago. I think it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, we, we shared that again because it came up in the history for the page. And, you know, this person came on and said, you know, are they going to be there this, you know, next week or whatever, and I answered the guy and said, you know, no, I don't know what they're going to do because they're customers. They're not, you know, they're not paid yeah. guest appearances. They, they're customers that come out the same as everybody else and support yeah. the show and stuff, and they may be there and they may not be there. We don't, we don't engage inviting anybody to this. They, if they're wanting to come, then they come, and that's it, you know, and there's been a number of of, uh, you know, horror movie celebrities which have showed up at these events randomly, and, uh, you know, we take care of them, and they take care of us. And Tom's always been a big supporter, so we always appreciate when Tom's around. And I love how when Tom's at the drive-in, I've never seen anybody go fanboy on him, you know. Well, he's not that type of a person. He's not. What's that? What? You went fanboy on him, right? Yeah, uh-uh. yeah, because he told I'm me kidding. that the Actually, I, actually to be honest with you, Steve, we do, George and I do know somebody that went fanboy on him and made an ass out of himself, but I'm not going to mention names. There is one person that comes to mind, and that doesn't need to be spoken about. But yeah. Tom, Tom is not that type of a person. If you're in Pittsburgh and you've been to the conventions and stuff where he's at and stuff, he's just not that – he doesn't give that air that attracts that type of behavior. He just simply doesn't. He's courteous to people. If they approach him, he takes photos. He's done group pictures with us. I mean, he's a team player. So, yeah. Well, I first met him in 1985, so it's like – yeah, I've known him yeah. since that time, too. Back in, I used to run into him at Jim's CDs and records in Bloomfield all the time back in the early 80s. It was real strange, real strange. But, you know, I, when I graduated college, um, I worked in the industry. That predates my, my first job in the industry, but I never, um, I've never really gone gaga over meeting anybody. I just kind of go with the flow and do whatever I need to do, you know, the way it is. But that's another plus. If you guys come out next week, you may see some celebrities. No promises, but. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that you have held off with your highly annoying sound bites for the last two hours. <clears throat> anyway, so. <laughs> Anyhow, my strange man, I guess, time the, to go. Well, I guess yeah. the hour draws near. We just, George and I just watched the Brady Bunch all day today, actually, so. 
Yeah. That's not a lie either. Oh, thank you guys for you. That's gonna be your well, new thank outro you guys music. For being, yeah. Uh, thank you for thank you, Steve. Show, as usual. And thank everybody, you. Yes. if you're there, go out and this, and you'll have a lot of fun because this this weekend, if you've never seen a Jalo before, this would be pretty much the list that I would give you as a primer to get you started with Jalo. Well, it's a party, period, and that that should be attractive yeah. enough. So, it's a party know. for sure. And don't yeah. forget to mention the T-shirts. Yeah, come buy more T-shirts. We love we love these shirts. <laughs> They're yeah. really beautiful. Thank you again, Bill. So, absolutely. All right, guys, I'm ready if you're ready. I'm ready. Good night, everybody. I got a cake night, for me. See you later. Good night, sweetheart. Good night, sweetheart.